want to bless you and embrace you You gotta come to me cause I don't chase you But I suggest you choose me but I won't make you That's how you get your breakthrough Cause I really needed it Felt your presence out that I'm finally obedient Greetings in the master's name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to all the body of Christ and those in the kingdom of God and all of those around the world that's listening and a part of It's His Time. I call you blessed today. I encourage you again, amen, to do the will of God do exactly as God has commanded you and blessed shall you be. We're excited again today and we we give God all the glory just to have back um, one more time, um, Bishop Puyam, but um, next week we're excited. Also, hey, I'm gonna have so much family on here. Y'all gonna know my name. You gonna know how to spell P U L L I A M Pulliam. Amen. When next week um, we're gonna have, in the name of Jesus, uh, Doctor Todd J Pulliam on next Wednesday at 8:30 p.m. That's going to be exciting. Amen. That's good right there. That's good right there. That's insane. Amen. So we're looking forward to having him on. And today we're finishing up part two. Amen. With his his first cousin. Amen. My first cousin, Bishop Jonathan um, Pulliam. And we got some great things that's happening coming up with that as well. So I'm excited, but I got to do my due diligence. You know, I've been working on following the format. Amen. Y'all know me. I go where I'm going. And so we got some great things happening for KCFI this weekend on Sunday down in Columbus, Georgia at the Edge Church. Um, there will be the five year anniversary um, for Pastor Bale, Vincent Bale and Rhonda Bale. We're looking forward to that and getting down there and enjoying themselves. We have had a phenomenal time meeting people and and just building things for the kingdom of God. Y'all know me. I'm a be me. Amen. And I love the way God made me perfect in his image and the way he did intended for me to be as I am. All right. We're going to get excited. And all of you, and amen. You ain't got to clap your hands where you at, amen. But we're going to have coming in right now, um, Bishop Jonathan Pulliam, amen. That's my first cousin, amen. And he's over in Huntsville, Alabama, and we are excited, excited. So, y'all get ready. Here he comes right now, and and we ready for this part two of church and culture. And y'all know this is gonna be excited. He's ready, he's ready, amen. So, there's excitement, and um, all of his information is down in the ticker for you contacting him, amen. Uh, Bishop Jonathan Pulliam at five at two five six five two nine five five zero. Seven and on Facebook, A C O G. Amen. No, he's young. He's not an OG. That's the church. Amen. And just to help some of y'all, you're like, he an OG? No, that's for the church, y'all. That's for the church. Amen. And keep some of y'all relevant at this time and moment. Amen. Wonderful and inspired man of God, man of God who preaches the unadulterated word of God, full of the power of the Holy Ghost and unashamed unashamed, truly unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, I got to have one more shout out. He going to be a part of that for all of the um, members of Heaven's Harvest Ministries. The Davis family had little Heavenly. She was born on yesterday. We excited about another baby in the church. Y'all know we growing from the inside out. Amen. So we've doubled our numbers from the inside out. <laughs> Every year we doubled it up. So we got to keep this thing going in the name of Jesus. And, and we'll, to the Davis family and to Brother Davis, this wonderful bride and to the and to the family, we call y'all blessed. We're excited. I look forward to seeing y'all later. All right. Um, good morning, good afternoon, good midday, good brunch time. Um, Bishop, how you doing, Bishop Pulliam? I am well. I'm doing well, uh, Overseer uh, Pulliam uh, Thomas. I'm doing very well. 
<laughs> Before we start honored that. Be, yeah, honored to be here. Uh, grateful, enjoyed ourselves uh, in the previous session and just definitely looking forward to uh, today. Thank you again for having us on. Thank you very yes. much. We, we don't take that for granted. Oh, to God be the glory. For those who don't know, um, he he left it up to me whether I bring it up or not. Um, last time we really didn't cover it. Could you give us a little bit about your family? Um, talk about your 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 wife and your wonderful children for a second. That's uh, you know that discretion is up to you, man of God. Yeah, uh, I am honored to be the husband of one wife, my uh, my wife Tracy. Uh, she is um, lives with us here. Thank the Lord. In Huntsville, she's a physician. Uh, here uh, with the uh, VA and my three children. My oldest is uh, Joshua. He is uh, in his uh, third year of his PhD program at Virginia Tech, doing very well in engineering mechanics. Jonathan teaches, uh, he's uh, in Nashville actually. Uh, They're working with uh, KIPP uh, um, uh, preparatory schools as a uh, teacher instructor, doing well, working on his master's and my daughter, we just got her uh, situated there at TSU. She's a freshman. Carla uh, is a freshman there. And so uh, uh, I thank God for my family. I thank God for all three of them. And I thank God for my lovely wife, who has just been a, um, a much of who I am because of what she does. So I thank the Lord for all of my family. Good, good. Boy, that was good. I'm going to learn that one. I'm going to go back. And I'm gonna go back and, and write all that down and learn how to just <laughs> just learn how to say all of it such as that. Amen. Um I I am um blessed by our conversation last time in church and culture and mm-hmm. how um how moving it was to many concerning the church and our drifting in the culture and um the effect of culture on the church and where we are going right now. Um, you, you have a wonderful event coming up next week for, um, the diocese that you are over and we are looking forward to partner and being there and praising God and having a splendid time. Um, could you tell us a little bit, um, about that? And also, um, where do you see the impact of that toward community? Well, um, we are having our. Uh, I'm honored to serve uh, in the Pentecostal Churches of the Apostolic Faith, uh, where our presider is uh, Bishop Lambert Gates, who, uh, but I serve as the seventh, uh, 17th Episcopal District, the Diocesan Bishop, which is Alabama, Georgia, Middle and East Tennessee. And uh, come, we've had several virtual meetings, but coming out of COVID, this will be actually our first uh, virtual in-person meeting and we'll be, we will be in Atlanta, I mean, in College Park at uh, Solid Rock Pentecostal Church where Pastor Alonzo Terry uh, serves as the pastor. But I serve as the diocesan bishop and th- of this region uh, for the Pentecostal Churches of the Apostolic Faith Incorporated. On next Thursday will be our first evening service where our presider, we're honored that Bishop Gates is going to be there uh, and uh, uh, ministering uh, on He's uh, uh, ministering on Thursday night. On Friday, uh, we Lord say the same. I will be ministering on Friday, and then on Saturday, uh, uh, District Elder Sears, Pastor Sears, who's our international uh, youth director, will be ministering. Uh, the the pr- reason for uh, this conference, um, our theme is uh, is is uh, is Lord have mercy. Our goal, honestly, 
to is to bring our churches together and to advance God's kingdom. Uh, the kingdom of God is vast. It's yeah, broad. It's it's huge. Um, at the same time, the kingdom of God should be making inroads uh, into um, into into our cities and into our cultures, into our communities. Now we will be doing pastoral training uh, for pastors. Uh, there's training for pastors for uh, second, what I call second tier leaders or uh, those that support pastors, those that work in concert, because uh, no pastor can do the kingdom work by themselves uh, at, at all. So there's training. And actually, uh, uh, we are honored to have uh, uh, Overseer Pulliam, who's going to be uh, uh, doing a training session at 1.30 to 3.00 on next Friday, which is the 24th, uh, which is the 23rd uh, at, he's gonna be uh, speaking from 1.30 to three on church and the community. And then actually Saturday morning, we will be going out in concert into the community. We have uh, care packages uh, for homeless. We're gonna be uh, doing some things. The church should not be a separate entity from your community. It shouldn't be a building that sits on a road where nobody in that vicinity even knows. And people who attend that church come from everywhere else, but do not impact that community. Uh, um, I've, I've been in church all my life. I don't, I don't know anything else, but I, I've been in church all my life. I, uh, and, and so one thing that we know we can master how to have church we can master turning the organ on, uh, turning the mic system on, turning the lights on uh, with our tambourines and our instruments and worship God. Uh, but Jesus, I often ask this question, what was the address of his church? And he, does, he never had a building where he had church. He, he was in the streets and the hedges and the highways. He'd have church on the side of a lake. <laughs> Uh, uh, on the side of a river. My point for this conference is we want constituents and pastors to go back to their communities. When they leave this, we want you to go back to your communities, excited first about being in the kingdom of God, and second, uh, intentional on advancing the kingdom of God in your local church. We want you to take a look at what you are doing and when you leave, when you leave this meeting, we want you going back excited. We want you to go back and impact your local area and win souls for Christ. Uh, because ultimately, everything we do is to win a soul for Christ. That's it. So if we're training pastors, if we're training leaders, if we're having church, whatever we're doing, it's really not about us. It's about Jesus. Everything we do is to win another soul for Jesus. That's what this meeting is about. And I'm, I'm extremely excited uh, yes. because of, of I, I think it's going to be a phenomenal meeting. And the reason I say that is not because of us, not because of the work that we put in, but because I'm looking for God to show up. I'm looking for God to take over. I'm looking for God to be in every service. I'm looking for God to move. I'm looking for God to heal. I'm looking for God to save lost souls because it's not even about us. It's about advancing his kingdom. That's what it's about. And I'm going to be honest, there is no church if the Lord doesn't show up. All right. Now, you, you know, you're preaching on uh, Friday night. I know you're starting today, 
but preach not. <laughs> He's getting the short preaching. Hey, amen. And I love it. I love it. If you're not excited about what God has given you, you need to move and let somebody be excited um, about what God has. Um, in that impact of the community and drawing that, how much of impact do you think that the pandemic had on the faith between the pastor and the community and that that bridge that was kind of burnt by the pandemic or by faith measures. Um, how big is that gap? In, and as you bring it together with your event, um, what do you see as some of the steps that the pastors and the community can, can do to draw themselves closer together? Well, uh, one thing I noticed from pandemic, it did two things. Uh, and and I'm and I'm going to say this. I believe God used the pandemic to do some things that needed to be done. There was things that were taking place in churches that were not essential, and we've realized that through the pandemic, the stuff that's not essential we don't need to do. And it, it may be an auxiliary that wasn't functioning. It may have been a person or an office that we had that that was non-functioning. And so every pastor, it put us on our heels to examine what we're doing and if we were effective. Mm -hmm. And so now uh, the, what the pandemic did is it forced you to do one of two things, keep doing what you've been doing or it forced you to make adjustments. The, what, what the community realizes, everybody's sick, everybody dying. It didn't matter uh, whether you had a PhD. It didn't matter whether you had uh, uh, how old you were. It didn't matter whether you were a millionaire. It didn't matter whether you, it, the pandemic affected everybody. Mm. However, I think it was an opportunity for the body of Christ to show Christ is the real answer because the stimulus check did not answer. It, the stimulus check couldn't heal you. Mm -hmm. And and many that and 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 don't get it, don't get it uh, this twisted. My wife is a physician, so I don't have anything against physicians or doctors. But the real answer was not in a vaccination. The real answer was in Jesus. The real answer was, and I, I think that we have an opportunity uh, uh, post pandemic to bridge that gap between the community and the church. And I said this. I said those of us that were seeking all of the resources that our government and so forth uh, were, were, uh, uh, were uh, advertising, I think this is a perfect opportunity for us to let everybody know, whatever you need, all things all right. that pertain to life and godliness are in the word of God. Whatever you need, Christ has it. Yes. And, and, and I think that the church is the church, the church, everybody, uh, when everybody came out of Egypt, were not children of Israel. There was a mixed multitude. Yes, it was. And when trouble comes, you're going to see what side of the fence people are on. And COVID caused us to realize that everybody that was with us may not always been with us. Uh, um, but I think this is an opportunity for the church to really stand up and be the church because there's nothing that God is not aware of and nothing that he cannot handle. 
And I truly believe he's handling it. I think he's been handling it um, from the beginning of time, and he's been handling it well during the pandemic. Uh, I love what God did during the pandemic. I truly love what he did. I never had the um, multitude of essentials where I am in the first place. Um, I, I always did scale down ministry, uh, just just ministry. Um, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing um, more of direct ministry. Um, I have a lot on my heart that I would like to approach with the church and culture and um, the effect of the church and culture. Um, has, the, has the culture had that much effect on us uh, in the sense of how we operate and what we do? Because um, um, when you look at some things, you start looking at, um, was that us? Or was that the culture that taught us that? Um, is that us um, in how we operate in music, or was that the culture? Um, and what was the limitation uh, on that culture? And you hear me. <laughs> um, and 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 where, where does that where where is, as as the men and women of God, people of God, where do we say, "Nah, we ain't doing that one"? Um, I think what we have to understand is the Bible, the book of Acts is the opening of the church. And if you study the book of Acts, there it's an abrupt close. It just, it really doesn't end. If you, if you look at the book of Acts, it doesn't end. And every book thereafter is birthed. Every, all the churches are birthed in the book of Acts. My point to that is whenever there arose issue, the women, the, came and said, we're being neglected. We're not, uh, notice the answer. The answer is not go to the government. The answer is not, they said, we cannot leave prayer and fasting. So is it culture that's driving their need or is the church creating the correct culture by praying and asking God what to do? And I think that if we follow the pattern of what we see in the word of God, whenever there was trouble in the church, uh, they, persecution arises in Jerusalem, what do they do? They scatter, but as they scatter, they, they're in prayer meetings, they're talking about, they're, they're telling everybody about Jesus, they're talking about the cross. As they scatter, the gospel is spread. My point is, we have to be careful as children of God. And is the world culture shaping the church or is the church shaping the world? Christ put this church, put his church in the earth to change the world and not the reverse to take place. So you're right. M much of it is culture uh, where, where we've got to have, or tradition, where we've got to have the song and it's got to be this song. And I love the hymns. I love the blood songs. Uh, uh, we were trained, you open service with the blood song. Then you got to have somebody read the scripture. Then after uh -huh. they read the scripture, then somebody's got to take prayer requests. And you have not had church if you didn't have testimony service. So, you know, because we're overcome by the words of our <laughs> testimony. And, and so we got to hear testimonies and, and then the, this one testifies and sometimes nobody was going to testify until they heard somebody else's testimony. And then we're not going to let somebody else outdo me. So I got to up, up one up them. And, and all of those things created church culture. 
but COVID took us down to where we had a few minutes and I believe some of what we were doing, God wanted us, God wanted us to pivot to where everything is about him. Everything is about him. That, that we, if we take a, a note from that church of Acts, they preached Jesus, him crucified. That's what saved people. Amen. Now, Go ahead. that's what saved people. Amen. And, and, and um, just taking us back to the, the scriptures um, is, is a strong a strong element to present uh, to the to the world um, because that that word of God is the most powerful thing we have. Um, that's the honorment of Him toward us is the word that He provided. Um, I, I culture is strong right now, and when we talk about church and culture, my goodness, it's strong. And you you hear many people say that, um, and I'm coming from this angle. It's not where I stand on that. Um, you just hear the, the multitudes of the social construct that consistently say, well, everything in the church is culture, the clothes, the type of music, this was this was this type and that was brought into church. This was this type of singing that was brought into church and and, and all of these things. Um, I'm, this is going to be something um, interesting, Bishop. I had my greatest growth in our ministry in 2019 when I went five to six months without singing one song. Our ministry grew like crazy from just preaching, never sung, just got up every Sunday and just ministered, and the church was growing like wildfire, just getting up every Sunday, no no singing, um, period. I told him, no, no, God said no, amen, and I was coming out of the book of Amos, and he was saying, I don't want to see your worship, I don't want to hear your music, all of that, and, you know, and I was going, no, no, had our greatest growth, but I also found something um, about church. During that period, everyone, part of our growth, Bishop, were all new converts. The Those who needed to be reconciled back to him could not do it without the culture. They needed to hear their song. The new converts just wanted the word. Uh, the, those who are, that's why you saw, those who came from that tradition needed the invocation needed to structure. Um, so our, uh, my question is, um, in hearing that, that small setup area, um, when we're preaching and we're going forward, um, I always tell our church, we can't, we can't recook the same catfish all the time. Uh, sometimes you need fresh fish. You got you to find some fresh souls. Um, so is the culture of our church based upon the maintenance of the tradition, those who are already established, or are we really seeking God? Or uh, you hear me? Are we really seeking God for those new fish, those new souls? Or are we trying to balance it in its own kind of way? Um, where you, where do you see us going with that? I'm gonna give you two two passages. Well, mm -hmm. one is this: Jesus tells Peter, he says they've been fishing on one side, they've been fishing and and, and all night and didn't catch nothing. Jesus says, throw your net on the other side. Try something new. And Peter said, look, Jesus, we've been fishing out here. In other words, I know this lake ain't nothing out here. But since you said it, he cast his nets on the other side. And the Bible says that they caught so much fish of all kinds 
of all kinds that they had to call John and, and, and their boats began to sink because they tried something new. They broke culture, they broke tradition, and the nets began to break, their ship began to sink. Both of their ships began to sink. They tried something new and it was enough for them, for another boat and other boats because they, they tried something new. Hallelujah. And when they did that, Peter jumps out the boat and goes and worships Jesus. Now, the problem is we would have asked too many questions. Our culture, we, we gotta be careful in church. The Lord says, upon this rock, I will build my church. That he, Jesus, is that, that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And when the pastor becomes Christ, mm. when other members of the church become Christ, who mama birthed this church and my daddy birthed this church, well, you're making yourself God because you can't shift the church into winning souls unless it's done this traditional way. God is looking for someone to, that says, hey, this is about Christ, it's not about us. And so when they changed that, they were able to bring in more fish. Now, which is really the first principle of winning souls. He says, you're gonna first be, uh, 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 make disciples. He says, after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power. You shall be witnesses. Our first assignment is to witness. Our first assignment is not to bake cakes. Our first assignment is, <laughs> is not to fry fish and spaghetti. Our first assignment is to be witnesses. Now, another situation where we see in the book of Acts, and I'm, and I'm rushing through here, uh, you teaching me economy of time. An, an, another situation <laughs> is where Paul is a captive on a ship. And he says, don't y'all leave here because mm -hmm. there's a storm coming. Mm -hmm. The storm comes, tears up the ship, and Paul's, they, they, for two weeks, they don't know whether it's night or day for two weeks. The storm was so terrible, they're stuck in it for two weeks, Eurachlodon. Watch what happens. Paul gets up and he says, the angel spoke to me last night, said, everybody's going to be safe. The ship, the thing we're riding in is going to be torn up, but everybody's life, nobody's life is going to be lost. They had 172 people on this ship. The ship is wrecked, it's torn up, but watch this. He says, you all that know how to swim, jump in this storm and swim to shore. Watch what he says. Then he says, those of you that don't know how to swim, Lord, I feel like I'm trying not to preach. Go ahead, thing. go ahead, go ahead. He, he says, those of you that don't know how to swim, hold on to what you have. Mm -hmm. Hold on to a and piece of it. If you got a piece of this gospel, hold on to it, you're going to make it to shore. When they get to shore, there's barbaric people. Watch this. People who don't know down at the cross. When they get to this shore, there's people over there that don't know who Jesus that Jesus died a few years ago. There's when they get to shore, they don't know who Bishop Hancock is. Mm -hmm. When they get to shore, they don't know who Bishop Haywood is. But there's these new people who don't know the traditions, don't know the customs, don't know they're tatted up they're pierced up all of they and and watch what happens god performs a miracle to win them 
Peter's trying to warm himself with a fire. Serpent jumps out on it. And he shakes it off. And they start worshiping and say, he must be a God. He said, no, I'm a mere man just like you. I believe God has to tear up culture, tear up tradition, just so we can get down to the bare bones because there's still some more people out here that don't know our tradition. They don't know who mama was that sat on the second row in the pew. They don't know about these little things we got on our pews who donated this. They don't care nothing about that. They just want to see bare bone Jesus and him crucified. And that's what's going to win somebody. All right. Uh, um, I think all of y'all just got a word. Uh, just got a word. And I thank God <laughs> for it because uh, you could have went on and preached. Hey, man, we got time. The time is on us. Um, I, I am blessed just to hear that because there are those who um, are moving in the direction that God has called them to move. And they need to know it's okay. It's okay to make that move. But that move comes with greater on the other side and you have to understand that there has to be greater on the other side not just a move to make one um so you move because he tells you to move old church used to now i give them that they i give them that they used to go you got to move you got to move you got to move lord get ready got to move when the lord gets ready you got to move and they was telling you to move right then when god is talking when god is moving and the amazing part bishop is we got to have a part three somewhere down in here of this this is not long enough our engineer told me this wasn't enough um and and that 30 minutes well he had a great idea i'll pass it on to you later Yes, sir. Amen. And we might pull it off today. We don't know. But thank you, Bishop, for coming um, on on today. And we go get part three in. And we'll finish because I have some good questions. I got some good stuff. I I want to dig down in the corridors of your wisdom and and to be able to um, see what thus saith the Lord. Because I know that God is doing some great things right now. And even being able to speak into hearts and minds and become acceptable. Um, in that that perfection of the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And and we just have to have sound doctrine right now, sound men, sound women, sound doctrine being produced to God's people. And I thank you for coming on, bringing sound doctrine um, and your heart just being full uh, of excellence. Is there any last um, quick words of encouragement you would like to give everybody? Uh, Yes, sir. Uh, First of all, thank you so much for allowing us to be on. And uh, we greatly appreciate it. But uh, I will say this, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. Timothy was a very timid young person, but he had a massive job to do. And God used a timid man to lead a church in an age where, in a time where uh, uh, it was very challenging. So I wanna say this, especially to leaders, uh, don't be afraid to make changes. You may have to break culture. You may have to break tradition, but that does not mean God is not with you. That does not mean, and and one thing I learned is that uh, I I was teaching this last night, and I want to say this real quickly. Uh, I know our time is up, that God gave Moses everything in that staff that he needed. God gave it to him. So what God has left you with is more than what has left you. 
what God has left you with is enough to pick back up, restart, and move forward. God bless you today. Love you all. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Puyo. I appreciate this. I'm, I'm Thomas. I'm, I'm just elated to be on here with you. Thank you. And I'm excited to have you as well. I, I'm going to have one of these where I get you on, Bishop, and, and all, all your brothers and your first cousins. And we just have a full session and, and, and just have um, a pull your moment and then throw in a little salt and pepper and throw in some Ricky. Hey, amen. Some Ricky Clark, Elder Richie, Ricky Clark. And, yeah. And let everybody um, consume a piece of the moment and see what should have been, um, what was on the crest that should have happened. Yes, and, and bring it forward to this present age. Yes, uh, and I'm not Baptist, but Amen. We'll leave that alone. In the name of Jesus, it, it has been pleasurable, uh, Bishop, and to your heart and your people and your family. Thank you for being on with us on today, and to everybody listening. Um, we're going to arrange with him on this part three. Next week is a full week for him, um, but next um, Wednesday. Next Wednesday at 8.30, my brother will be on, Dr. Todd J. Pulliam and his books and things. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to bringing on a multiplicity of people, a man that are family-oriented with me, and then expanding. I'm, I'm around my birthday. I'm excited. We're going to have um, uh, we're going to have Mr. Mark Whitaker, Heaven's Harvest. Y'all know him, the world know him, Coca-Cola. Amen. Mark Whitaker will be on here for my birthday week. Y'all know I'm going to lose it. Amen. I'm excited about him being present, um, dear friend, and his, the position he holds in life is going to be life-changing for all of y'all to hear his testimony, because if um, those at the um, Proverbs Principle Conference, you saw it, amen, and most folks do not know who he is until he says who he is, and it blows your mind um, who he is, and we're looking forward to just a growth from that particular point. Next week, prepare yourselves um, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, to, uh, we'll be advertising um, for the conference that they're having for Pentecostal Churches of the Apostolic Faith in the Diocese here in the 17th District. And we look forward to moving forward and supporting, being there to clap our hands, give God some glory. And, and and break some things um, um, that are traditionally in the midst but we don't want to we don't want to break so much tradition we forget scripture let's let's keep that let's keep that logical amen the word of God is still <laughs> the foundation of what we do yeah. all right so I call y'all blessed today heaven's harvest ministries I see y'all on tonight and we pray to safety for um, Bishop Jonathan Pulliam and I want to say to everybody you get a chance to you see him on Facebook whatever shout out to him give him some love tell him that you love him and that you care about him and you was glad you was proud um, of just seeing him and those blessings that um, he has brought to our table all right um the benediction for us to be later on tonight and to twitter and to all of those a part of us man i love y'all don't get caught up in that nonsense going on jesus jesus is the savior he's it he's the answer hey man he solves all problems just scream his name out when you're in trouble i don't know stuff just start happening and so we, we call y'all blessed on tonight may the grace of god rest rule and abide with you and from overseer thomas a pulliam i give my shout out as well to kingdom connection fellowship international our presiding president bishop jerome h ross senior and to that staff my daddy bishop bishop cl carter senior daddy daddy Daddy, daddy, love you, man of God. You know, I always call you my, my bishop into the fold. We call y'all blessed. Y'all take care of yourselves until I see you again. God's grace and peace be from, from me and from Bishop Pulliam. We call y'all blessed. Y'all know my signature. Let's not play games.
Thank you for your love.